Hi, everybody. Welcome to RBL Weekly, the podcast where we break down the top five best battles from around the Roast Battle League. I'm your host, Sarah Keller, joined this week by the infamous... Both in Roast Battle, he was been on Roast Battle season one and two, and two seasons of AGT where he is the the mean boy of AGT, if I will. Uh, Alex Hooper, everybody. Yay! I can't believe I'm here because I don't have anything else to do right now. I love it. I'm glad that you did it. I know. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful place to be. So thank you for having me. Yeah, and speaking of being here, we are in yet another new studio. Um, because the RBL Weekly podcast is just the uh, musical chairs of podcasts. I love it. It's just a it's just a roving gang of fun. You know, it, who knows where we're going to end up next? Under a bridge, I, possibly. You are definitely be the co-host for that one. Oh yeah, I mean honestly, that's where bridge trolls belong. So <laughs> just give me a riddle, and I'll make you solve it, and then we'll figure out who the b- top battlers are. I think we have a show. Perfect. Honestly, I was thinking I was like, if there was ever a show for you to guest host on. It would be this one because of the brightly colored couches. There's a rainbow behind you. There's a weird Muppet that I don't. And isn't it funny that I dress down today? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not wearing my normal, like, rainbow kimonos and things like that. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm wearing my own merch. How embarrassing is that? I actually didn't even think about it. I just was like, well, I'm just going to do a podcast, whatever. That's amazing. <laughs> can you still buy that merch? You can. Yeah. HooperComedy.com, everybody. If you want a calm down peasant shirt. I love go that. Go get it. <laughs> calm down peasants. I love that. All right. We have five great battles for you this week. So let's get to the number five battle, which comes out of New York City. It features Dave Sheehan versus Divya Gunaskaran. All right, y'all. Big round of applause for Dave. Being up here is his Uh, (laughs) make-a-wish. Thank you, you expired Slim Jim. (laughs) The name Divya is an ancient Sanskrit word that translates to he's just not that into you. Thank you, Walter White Power. Uh, Dave is like an unpainted Easter egg. Because he's always hard when he surprises children in their backyards. She's trained in fencing and horseback riding. She's a vegan, and she likes punk music, proving that not all basic white hoes are Caucasian. Uh, She comes from an impoverished, polluted place that's overcrowded and smells like unwashed sweat socks. She's from New Jersey. Uh, Dave says he's never dated anyone. He had an account on Plenty of Fish, but then he closed it when he learned that he didn't get to fuck a bunch of fish. (laughs) All right, we do got to wrap this up so Dave can finish molting. Uh, Divya Gunasekaran is uh, not exactly barren, but she currently has more syllables in her last name than eggs left in the chamber. Dave, you dollar store dildo. <laughs> Speaking of ghosts, Dave's been ghosted so many times, he finally turned into one. Gunaskaran just scared some goon. That's what else. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Jeff Bezos inflatable up there. That was, that was a really fun one. Those yeah. are, you know what? I like how quick it was because they both did a couple you look like this. But then we actually did learn things about the battlers, which I think is so important because... The thing about Roast Battle is that a lot of people find off-putting is that, well, I don't know who this person is, so why do I care what you're saying about them? But if you present information that allows you to learn a little bit about who they are, then the jokes just become, they carry that much more weight to them. Definitely. And I thought thought the joke writing in this was 
incredible just top to bottom each one of them had jokes that covered different topics like very different topics they hit different things they had very unique ways of doing kind of like like common tropes but common tropes in a good way of of we all get it we all relate to it um but like the easter egg that, that was, was a, that was a great joke and the molting line is oh. very is very clever and uh, i think a lot of people who listen to this podcast are going to say what's molting yes. uh that is when a bird sheds their feathers everybody so this bald uh he looks like an overplucked bird yeah, he basically looks like Guy Branham has AIDS. Uh, yeah. So, and if anybody gets, I'm so sorry, Guy Branham. You know I love you. Um, <laughs> the only thing I will say is uh, I'm going to fact check the Caucasian joke because uh, Indian India is part of the Caucasus region, so technically it's Caucasian. I've spent um, a lot of time in the Caucasus region. And you know why I know that? From The Office, because Dwight says it. So if it's not true, I blame Rain Wilson. Uh, <laughs> why am I dropping facts about a, on a, based on a sitcom? That's not good. That's why not? not? Hey, you know, we're, t- we're here to teach the people things. It shows my breadth of knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> That was that was back and back to front though, very very good from both of them. Now, obviously, we don't know what the results are. I mean, or we do, but we don't show the results. We don't, there. right? But I mean, that was that's tough because here's the thing: whenever it is a whenever it is a person of color, a woman, anything going against a white man, you ha- you automatically do have an advantage. For sure, because everybody wants the white man to lose, but he really held his own up there. Um, I do think she had a couple better lines. Like she had a couple more quick jabs that I think would push her over the edge. But both of them were fantastic. I agree. I think the only thing that this battle was lacking was the chemistry and the fun. They weren't they weren't having fun with each other. It was very like, here's my joke I'm about to tell about this person next to me. Even though it was a flawlessly written joke, the what would what would take that battle to the next level and the reason that it's at number five this week is it it needed more chemistry. They needed to have a little bit more fun together. I uh when I first started battling, I was very notorious for being way too aggressive <laughs> up there. And I would win my battles, but I wasn't having fun. And I think people knew that. And when I started laughing at the jokes people would say and really listening to them and not really caring about the results, the show just gets better because you do need that camaraderie that shows like we like each other. We're not actually enemies here. Yes. And yes. I think you're right. They were a little stiff in that regard where it's like, are you friends? It's hard to tell right now. I agree. And I think that's a perfect intro for our number four battle, which features uh, two battlers that did not know each other prior to this very well, but on stage have great chemistry without giving too much away. Uh, our number four battle comes out of the Bay Area, but features a Los Angeles battler against a Bay Area. So we have Artie Valenzuela versus Doug Fager. Okay. Hey, Doug, thanks for coming off the Celtics bench to be here. <laughs> Doug looks like he shoots his free throws either granny style or with an AR-15. This is very exciting for me. This is the first time I've battled a Furby. Uh, Artie is so small that once a week he has to fight off a hungry falcon. (laughs) See that act out? That was good. That was good. Top down. I wanted to let you sit in that. Yeah. Uh, Doug looks like he would beat 
great in the NBA before they let black people in, uh, or for the Sacramento Kings right now. Artie is currently on a weight loss journey, and I for one think he should stop and ask for directions. Uh, apparently his pride is the only thing he won't swallow. Uh, Artie, Artie always looks like a kid who was just handed a grilled cheese sandwich. Doug looks like he fakes getting sick to flirt with all the Filipino nurses. <laughs> my ex was Filipino. She was thick, too. She was one of my cousins, and we made fun of you in the room. <laughs> uh, I do a lot of baking, which is why I wanted to battle Artie, because due to supply chain issues, the only way I could find a giant tub of lard... <laughs> Artie, you really put the Crisco in San Francisco. Oh, what a silly battle. I know. Well, the, you know, Doug is notorious for writing very cutting, sly, clever jokes like that. And I just think he always, he always finds the angle that's not mean necessarily. And I, I've, I've always said in Roast Battle that silly will beat mean Every, every time every, every time yeah yeah because you want to again it's that camaraderie you need, that was fun you could tell that they were enjoying each other they were responding to each other i will say Artie, you did two nba jokes right out the gate and you got to cut one of them man that's too much you gotta you gotta breach different topics on every single thing and with someone like doug it's tough i've battled doug and doug is the most wonder bread person <laughs> that you've ever experienced and you're like what do i write about this guy and you just you have to kind of be go outside the box and find these topics about him so you're not just going like okay yeah he's tall and he's white and he's kind of midwestern and basic you know yeah and i i thought uh they both like joke for joke had Mostly hits. They both had like one flub, uh, although Artie redeemed his flub because the Filipino nurse joke, I didn't just didn't hit for me. No, um, but that but that but second line of him saying like we all we used all to make fun of you like that was perfect. Great. And like that that one that redeemed that bad joke where where Doug's uh, lard joke, which literally the audience went, oh, like they, right. they were audibly upset about it. Um, it was topical, though, making a supply chain issue joke. I did. You know? I, I respected that. And one of my favorite things what, I, what I've talked about on this show before is when a joke is so silly, but the more you think about it, the funnier it gets of like Artie looks like a kid who's just given a grilled cheese. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, like, because everyone has a picture in their head of yeah. what happens like, you know? And it's not even necessarily mean. It's kind right. of delightful. Exactly. And that's what makes it so good. And what, what I loved about this, and I imagine there's a lot of comedians in roast battle, like people that do this show that are listening to this podcast, respond to each other and be in the moment be a comedian yes. just it doesn't just have to be the joke that you wrote you can have that little extra something added to it and it just shows that you're living up there yeah like like when Artie said uh nice act out i just wanted you to live in that yes like per like what a great way to flip doug's joke back on himself call him out and again it I think it was a perfect illustration of what you were talking about earlier, where when you're having fun, it's not mean. Yeah. Like if you took that out of context, that's a mean thing to say. Like, yeah, I wanted you to sit in your failure, but like, 
he said it with so much joy that it was like, yeah, no, you, you, you know what you did. I think, <laughs> I swear, I mean, I've been a part of Roast Battle almost since the very, very beginning, and I think maybe one out of every 20 act-outs has ever elicited an actual laughing response that wasn't just, like, making fun of the person for doing it. For some reason, we're very, it's, it's very much like, hey, man, this is a writing show. Yes. Don't you dare bring your animatics to this. Yes, it's, it's hard. It's hard to pull off. But when it is pulled off, it is incredible. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited about our number three battle. It comes out of Chicago. We have Ken Flores taking on Oscar Carvajal. Start us off, man. All right, man. Let's talk about how fat this motherfucker is, man. Let's start with that, bro. <laughs> Ken is so fat that when he has sex with women, they suck on his titties, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then they nut on his face and shit. Go ahead, man. Oscar's grandma recently died. Hey, oh, no play. I put her body to rest via cremation, or as I like to call it, boom, roasted, bitch. <laughs> you wouldn't have waited roasted food, motherfucker. Look at you, huh? That fool talking in curses, yeah, shit, uh, <laughs> This fat fuck, this fat fuck is also a fucking cokehead, dog. You know what I'm saying? Last year, he almost died of an overdose. Uh, he almost had a heart attack, duh. You don't need to cook to have a heart attack, duh. Duh, you know what I'm saying, duh? Your fat ass is gonna have a heart attack regardless, duh. You know what I'm saying, like, you know what I'm saying, like, duh. The reason duh, 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 duh. If that, that fentanyl don't get you, diabetes will, motherfucker. You know what I'm saying, duh. Don't even take an Uber home, bro. Take a fucking ambulance, like, as well. You know what I'm saying? Esos fueron cuatro chistes. Fue uno pendejo, fue uno y no está. Baby, if you put more punchlines on your jokes, you wouldn't know that's a joke, motherfucker. Every time he says a joke, he says, you know what I'm saying? Because he's not sure if y'all understand. <laughs> Oscar's the only this Mexican the... I know that was born and raised in Chicago, but he looks like he's visiting. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of visiting, look at this motherfucker. He says he's Mexican. But look at his fucking face, man. <laughs> this motherfucker's Mongolian, bro. <laughs> he's a... He's a direct descendant of Genghis Khan, bro. Matter of fact, in his will, they gave him China, bro. You know what I'm saying? Did you guys know what he's saying? <laughs> they, they obviously laughing, fool. You know what I'm saying? Oscar looks like the Oompa Loompa that got fired from the chocolate factory for using somebody else's social security number. Or some reason we went last is because his caravan just got here. <laughs> Oscar shirts come with toys. <laughs> <laughs> this motherfucker's so sweaty, he don't even walk no more. He just dies and shit. Like a motherfucker, bro. If this motherfucker falls down right now, he'll look like the bears did on Sunday, bro. Just sliding through fucking soldiers, bro. Watch the game today, because this one they air on Telemundo. <laughs> Oscar looks like he almost got Down syndrome, dog. <laughs> this motherfucker is so fat, man. The last time he saw his dick, New York still had Twin Towers, bro. Oscar's nickname is El Cuchillo, which translates into kitchen knife. <laughs> the, knife, same, knife. the same thing he uses to cut his hair, dog. <laughs> Dude, okay, let's, let's go into this. Because first of all, Ken is the guy in the blue shirt, right? Ken Flores, that's his name. Was that, was that what you said? 
Uh, yeah, there's Ken Flores and Oscar Carver. Yes. Oh, Oscar's the blue shirt. Sorry, right? Oscar's in the blue shirt. I don't remember what shirts they were wearing. Uh, oh, well, the shorter, the shorter <laughs> guy. The yeah, sh- the, the shorter guy, guy. The shorter guy. Ken. Had literally one joke that yeah. he said. Yeah. Everything else was what? a fact. Yeah. It was, there was, he, all he kept saying, like, I mean, the fact, you're going to have an overdose, dog. This... Like, you have diabetes. He's like, yep, yeah. yep, yep. It, okay, so full disclosure, uh, our producer wanted to make this the number one battle, and be- it is really, really fun. And the only reason I didn't was because of the lack of like actual jokes. Yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> But, but they were so silly together because clearly they're just having fun. And but dude, when he said, uh, when he said, like, the under, does anyone know what you're saying? You know what I'm yes. saying? Because oh. nobody understands you. That's just such a blunt response. And it's so silly because everything he was saying, like, they weren't good jokes, but his delivery was hysterical. So funny. And and Oscar then to bring it back of like, do you guys know what he's saying with his joke? or fact just bombed yeah. like so good i i do think it's funny though to call that oscar called out ken on not being able to understand him when i have no idea what he said when he said yo you're speaking in cursive or curses cursive cursive what? that's that's a pretty funny line what does say. that mean it's just like it's like difficult to understand coming out like as if, as if the cursive was coming out and you're like what does that actually say okay then that's brilliant because in my head i was yeah. like cursive is fancy he's not speaking fancy like the one <laughs> the one joke oscar had that i did think was a legitly great joke was that he's so sweaty that he glides everywhere he goes and he's yes. like and he brought it back to the chicago to- bears topical that's great you're in your city you know Know, make it happen but yeah i mean like the dude saying like his caravan just showed up and oh. the, the oompa loompa that just got stole somebody's social security number social security that's great that was one of my favorite jokes maybe of all time uh like i feel like he took a really like kind of common premise or could be considered a familiar premise and then i did not see that coming yeah, at all. Willy Wonka's harboring illegals in his, so good. in his factory. I thought for sure it was going to be like, you know, that ate all the chocolate or whatever. And it was so, yeah, it was, that joke was phenomenal. I just love that they were listening to each other. Yes. You know, he said, oh, you must have just got that because Telemundo plays the game late. Like, yes. that's, you're, you're, you're in the moment. And that's so important because we all write our jokes and we memorize them and we're proud of them. We're ready to deliver. But, a huge part of the performance and why even great jokes can become stale on stage is because you're just repeating what you wrote. You're too prepared. And yep. You got to let go a little bit. Yeah. And that's that you bring up an interesting thing, though, of uh, too prepared. I don't want the listeners and potential battlers to hear that and be like, oh, I shouldn't prepare that much. No, that is not it. Yes, you should. You, yeah. sh- you should prepare so much that you don't have to think about your jokes anymore. Yes. Somebody asked me the other night, I was judging on Tuesday night, and one of the battles was like, would you, would you hold it against me if I'm using notes? And I said, how many jokes are you doing? And they said, three. And I, went, and I just looked at him and I went, you didn't prepare three jokes that you can say without a piece of paper? And he goes, oh, so are you saying? And I was like, I'm saying you can't say three jokes? And he went, understood. I won't use my paper. Yep, that you know, is. Because that's what, that's what it is. Three jokes, dude. Yeah. And then just the rest of the time riff and have fun. Yep. That's the the three jokes. That's your starting line. 
Yeah. It's also like, honestly, how do you want to come across? Do you want to look like a professional or do you want to look like somebody who just wrote these things on a phone that day and is reading them? Because we've all seen somebody with great jokes, but that didn't take the time to actually learn them. And I mean, I remember it's not that hard. Like, I mean, on the day when I would battle, I would just be repeating them to myself in my head throughout the day. So that when I actually got there, I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yep, it's it's in your mouth, it's in your body. That way you don't have to worry about flubbing. You don't have to think about it. You can be present in the moment, you know. Uh, it's like what Jeff always says, like you got to look at each other, you got to deliver the jokes to each other. And if you're looking at your notes, you can't do that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, moving on to our number two battle, which is very different in energy-wise, but excellent in joke writing. We have the UK co-champion, Ken Grinnell, versus Hubert Mayer. So yeah, this is Hubert, and he's from Austria. Uh, quick fact, 62% uh, of Austria is Alps, and 62% of Hubert's face is forehead. <laughs> this is Ken. Uh, Ken is a really boring man. Um, you know, when you do these battles, you have to send each other like interesting facts about yourself. I'll, I'll read out a couple. Like Ken sent to me, I am good at sports. I am bad at bowling. I am allergic to cats. That's not facts. It's like learning English on Duolingo. It's true, it's true. Uh, Hubert's really exciting. So uh, Hubert is 36, single, and uh, works in accounting. Uh, his stepdad had testicular cancer and still died happier than Hubert will. Uh, Ken doesn't drink. Uh, he used to, he stopped drinking because uh, it was really close to making him interesting. <laughs> doesn't do drugs either, which is really hard on the comedy circuit because like, if, you, if you don't do drugs on the comedy circuit, honestly, you're constantly in situations where you might run into Ken. <laughs> so uh, it's true, you know, he's mentioned me being boring. Uh, traditionally, Austrians are bored quite easily. Uh, if only there was some place we could send Hubert to help his concentration. But uh, he's very interesting, right? He's so interesting that his girlfriend of eight years left him when they were both on holiday in East Africa. Yeah. He, uh, he wanted to see black guys in the wild, but, but ended up seeing them in his girlfriend. Ken really makes you want to be racist. Um, he, he told me his dad is from Jamaica. Uh, and that kind of makes sense, because uh, Jamaican me want to kill myself. <laughs> I think you should do it. Uh, right, uh, so Hubert has three different surnames. Uh, this is to throw people off the scent that his parents are siblings. Uh, that isn't an Austrian accent he has, it's Down Syndrome. Okay, I want to correct myself on the energy thing. I think their energy was the same as the Chicago battle. It was just the British version of that. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's accurate. <laughs> yeah. I judged roast battle in London and it is a very different thing over there. Yes. Because I remember I was judging and Omid Singh had been living over there for a while. You know, he's our most tenured battler and he was like, Alex, just so you know, you're not in the belly room. Like you got to go easy on these people. And I was like, what are you talking about? The UK is famous for self-deprecation and like biting caustic humor. And I went over there and 
and I was ostracized immediately. <laughs> I said like one joke about a person that was kind of mean and everybody was like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you, American? And it was different. So, I mean, that's the thing is like there, those jokes were pretty good for the most part. You know, they had a couple good turns and things like that. Um, but they did. Yeah, it was a it was a polite energy to them where it didn't seem as much fun but it was definitely respectful <laughs> i liked the uh, my favorite joke hands down was the the one where ken just uh sorry not ken um hubert hubert which by the way get a, a new name dude that's oh, not acceptable you can't be named hubert. never change it i love it <laughs> uh when hubert listed the facts about ken and i i, I hope and i believe wholeheartedly that that's real and i think First of all, he got he milked that joke for all it was worth because he got all three laughs off of the dumb, boring facts that he was giving. Right. I'm good at sports. I'm bad at bowling. <laughs> I'm allergic to cats. Like, who isn't? You know? And yeah. and then to button it with. Oh, my God. It just left me like our producer left the room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eh. I, I don't remember what the exact punchline was either, but I will say there's some jokes that you write and you go, okay, this one's for me. I'm not putting in the show. Jamaican me crazy. You know, you gotta. It was so bad, but he knew how bad it was. Right. Exactly. But you gotta really, you gotta milk how terrible that is. If you're going to lean into something like that, because we all like, I'm a person who puns come to me first and I have to dismiss them <laughs> just because I know I can write better jokes than that and almost every time I've come up with a pun even if I think it's very witty people are like come on dude what are you, what are we doing here yes I do think it was uh when you were talking earlier about Doug and be Doug being hard to write uh, for uh I thought that the the boring joke was a great way to take someone that gave you nothing and was boring and then make it funny so I thought that was a perfect illustration to tie back to what you had said. Definitely. But. And I love I love the joke about, you know, it's Austrian. If, if there was only a place where you could send them to concentrate. I mean, that's just, you know, of course, we kind of see where it's going. Yes. But I always think, like, I might see where it's going, but I don't think most of the audience will. Yeah. And because, you know, I just, I have comedy brain going all the time where I'm trying to figure out the punchline. But I think even if you do see that one coming, you're still like, this is clever. This is fun. Yes. I also think that this battle was a, a great demonstration of if you have to use your notes, how to do it correctly. Because uh, they both had notes, um, but neither one of them were looking at it the whole time. They just took them out, looked at them, and put them back away. So I think that that was a great example of if you absolutely cannot remember your five jokes... Do it like that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. Is like you gotta. It is a little bit more. It's it's polite over there, which I wasn't expecting at <laughs> all. Like you know, no one's making like if you know that last battle. The guy was like, "Your grandmother's dead." If yeah. you did that over there, you'd be like, "What? What, what did I do to you? Yeah. Can we just have a cup of tea and talk about it?" Instead, Jamaican me. Yeah. I want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah. Do it then. That was great. And that's again, again, listening. Right. Yeah. He said you should do it. Like, yes. that's such a simple little thing to just throw in there. And it makes the audience just, it, make, it makes it more alive. Yes. Well, our number one battle this week is super fun. It's coming out of Austin. It features Mike Eaton versus Casey Rocket. Casey Rocket. Oh, man, it's no secret that Mike has a great stage presence. 
Uh, in fact, the only thing better than his stage presence are the presents he drops down my chimney every Christmas, you fat fuck. <laughs> Up here looking like Christmas Grimace, dude. Come on now. That's crazy, man. I didn't know they put chimneys on cars now. <laughs> dude, someone just tried to break into Casey's house and he still hasn't repaired the driver's side window. <laughs> he said when he makes it, he's gonna move somewhere nice, like a Lexus. Oh man, say what you want about Mike, but Mike is determined. You know what I mean? When Mike was a kid, his favorite movie was Like Mike. He would watch Like Mike every single day. And sure enough, 20 years later, he grew up to look exactly like Mike. Mike Lazowski. <laughs> uh, Casey had to get sober after he got arrested for public intoxication. Uh, when they asked him, how do you plead? He said, cookie for cookie, Chris. <laughs> oh, man. I think you're just mad I'm clean and sober. The last time you were clean was when they hosed you off outside the circus tent. You <laughs> Mike Eaton. Mike's name is Mike Eaton. Uh, <laughs> isn't that a little on the nose? Jesus Christ, what is your dad's name? Daniel Disappointed? <laughs> Calm down, Casey Methamphetamine. <laughs> uh, Casey works with a team of writers. I think that's a lot nicer than calling him schizophrenic. <laughs> I feel so bad for bullying Donnie Thornberry. <laughs> Casey thinks that all women are autistic because they refuse to make eye contact with him. I don't have any problem getting women, dude. I got a fucking bag of rubies in my pocket. <laughs> Come on. Man, Mike Eaton, dude. Mike loves bragging about himself on Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've seen it. Last week, Mike posted like five times about opening up for Louis C.K., which makes a lot of sense because apparently they both love jerking themselves off in front of their friends. Casey actually spends a lot of time in pharmacies. Earlier in his life, it was to steal Robitussin. Now it's to print all of his jokes. Casey moved here from Boise, Idaho. We're so glad he's in Texas. He had to leave because of all the Boise fuck there. Now he's just obsessed with Grimace. That's his new thing. The only big purple thing ruining his life is his liver. <laughs> wow, dude, that really, <laughs> that really killed me. Uh, <laughs> but you should know a thing or two about killing since you killed all those kids in Illinois, you piece of shit. Mike Wayne Gacy! Mike Wayne Gacy! Mike Wayne Gacy! I can't believe that guy lives in a car. <laughs> um, you can't believe he has a car? Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He probably lives on a lime scooter would be more <laughs> accurate. I mean, that was so fun. And I, here's the thing. Props and like we were saying, act outs almost never work. Props almost never work. But I give it up to you for actually making an attempt to do something different. His energy was obviously like he's just running around the stage while the other guys relax, leaning against the back wall. And so it very, the combative energy was great because they were so different from each other. Yeah. And th this is not the, the first time that we've seen Casey Rocket on this show. Uh, and he's brought props every time. And they have been successful. Um, I I do think like what his energy was very overwhelming uh, with the back and forth. However, he addressed it when he when he made the joke about Mike Eaton's stage presence being so good. It was like, oh, okay, you're aware that you're a psychopath. Like, yeah, very much so. Which is great. And I I thought their back and forth was so good. They both had really really well written jokes. They had a couple like misses, uh, but they're they're 
they both were in the moment in the pocket as like Jeff would say I I do need to take a moment to talk about the rubies in the pocket yeah what the what was that that might be one of my favorite things I've ever seen because I have so many questions right yeah that was bizarre how did you know he was gonna say something about you not getting women or do you just always have a bag of rubies in your pocket? Wait, are you saying rubies or roofies? I, they were rubies. They rubies. were jewels. Oh, oh my gosh. That they was were, so bizarre. They were blue. Oh, I messed I mess that. I misheard that. I thought it was roofies Roof. for sure. And then he just brought out a bag. And I, I was thought, like, oh, okay. You just have those on you. Cool. I thought so at first too. <laughs> but then I saw them and I'm like, oh no, he said rubies. Which... Is even better, and I want to. I wonder if he he knew the that people would think he said Ruby Rufies, and then he flipped it on its head of like, no, nah, I'm gonna say Rubies, but like, you know, like that joke was also brilliant. great from Mike Eaton, though, of just saying that he thinks every woman is autistic because no one will look him in the eye. Yes, that's a great joke, and I will say, like, that's perfectly written. Whereas I think Casey, as much fun as he was, if you write the joke with a little more clarity, you don't, don't need the prop. Absolutely, we, I knew where you were going with the John Wayne Gacy thing. Yes. You just needed an extra little thing to infer that that's where you were. Say that he's a clown or whatever that keeps kids in the basement, yes. and make them make us put it together a little bit. We know who Mike Wazowski is. And yes. if you don't know who it is, it's not going to be funny anyway. Yes. So just like, you know, believe in yourself and what you write that you don't need to show the audience in a picture like, you guys get it, you know? Perfect. That was such good analysis, Hooper. Thank you. Um, I also have to give Mike Eaton a special shout out for the Donnie Thornberry reference. <laughs> that brought yeah. me so much joy. I loved that show. My boyfriend was listening to it when we were writing down the, you know, the order and he was like, who's that? I'm like, oh, you didn't, you don't know. Yeah, I never watched that show, but oh. I got the reference immediately. And yeah, I guess you kind of remind me of Donnie Thornberry. I'll give you that. I mean, we, Casey and I have similar hair styles. Uh, so someone, and I think I have a lot of energy. Jesus yeah. Christ. I yeah. Mean, I think I just know how to control and hone my energy yes. a little bit better. I don't know how long Casey's been doing stand up, but I think eventually you can't just be sprinting around the stage because it is distracting yes. when, especially in a writing show. Yes. You know, like it's personally. Personality is great, but like tone it back just a little bit. And I think it would have been more effective. Yes. I guess because Mike, that relaxed presence, it you know, it says like, hey man, I don't need to be running around like you right now. That's exactly right. Like if if that is your character or your personality where you are frenetic and you do have a lot of energy and like that's a that's a great tool that you can use if used correctly. I made that mistake in season two. I went too, I went, I did too much on stage against Matthew Broussard. I was like doing cartwheels and running around <laughs> the stage and things just because I was just having a great time, but it did make me look nervous. Yes. As opposed yes. to being in control and that's where, like, you know, when you're just leaning back on the wall, you got your arm up, you're kind of like just watching this other dude, it's kind of almost self-implode. Yes, exactly. Well, those were our top five battles this week, everybody. Special thanks to my guest co-host, Alex Hooper. Thanks for having me. Alex, where can people find you? What do you want to plug? Hoopercomedy.com, at Hooper Hairpuff, and in the chemo ward every other Tuesday at Hollywood Presbyterian, everybody. Come hang out in the Barker Lounge with me. <laughs> and uh, I'm Sarah Keller. You can find me at Sarah Keller 7 across all social media. Also follow RBL Weekly and Roast Battle. See you next week, everybody. Bye.